0: Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Today we're hanging out with Lee Goff. Lee is an entrepreneur who grew up in the deep south based in Mississippi. He, um, Founded a agency called Get You Wired in 2003 uh, with absolutely nothing. He scaled that business. He also exited that business. Before uh, exiting, he grew it to the largest Infusionsoft agency uh, in the world, doing multiple seven figures. He's been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes Magazine. He's helped lots of folks in our industry, lots of digital agencies to scale and grow their business. Lee, welcome to the program. Thank
1: you so much for having me, Brent. Really appreciate
0: it. Yeah, man. So uh, what, just out of curiosity, I'm always interested in people's backstory. What kind of first drew you into the digital space? I know you got kind of cut your teeth in the Infusionsoft space, which uh, I've been a customer of theirs for a very long time. Love that platform. But uh, what kind of pulled you in to begin with?
1: Actually, I was uh, an executive uh, for a family-owned business in Edmond, Oklahoma. This is in two thousand and two, and the CEO went out to retire. At the time, it was a web, uh, a web marketing uh, shop, you know, a web programming shop, and we hired them, paid them, I don't know, seventy-five, eighty thousand dollars to build out this app, this, this login portal and our clients were like Boeing arms, you know, mega companies, you know, fortune 100 type companies. And next thing you know, as we log in one day and there was this big yellow box with a big red number. And every time one of our clients logged in, it would kick, tick down, tick down, tick down. And when it got to zero, they attempted to extort money out of us. And we were like, man, have you lost your? <laughs> so obviously we get the, 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 the attorneys and cops and everybody involved and he, the CEO takes care of that. I take over the project with my, at the time, fiance. And uh, now's and it, you know, literally almost out of, they pissed me off so much. I was like, man, somebody can do this better. And that's exactly what I did. And then as a result of the way I communicated, I didn't speak geek at the time. I didn't know any of the language at all. So when I was talking to small business owners, they were like, oh man, I want to work with you. I don't care what you do. You speak my language. And there it went, you know, it just took off from there. So,
0: and I think that's a really important takeaway of, uh, I don't speak geek or, I mean, maybe just even saying that you communicated in your client's language or your team's yes. language versus kind of industry speak things that we all like to get into and, and nerd out on, but maybe our clients who run random small businesses or, or not even small businesses, medium sized or large businesses, you know, they kind of have other things they're interested in doing, but, uh, our services might be the gateway for that. Yeah,
1: that, that actually is a very important factor because I know we do enjoy using these you know, acronyms and using these, all these different little language that we make up on a daily basis. But there's actually a monetary cost to that. Whenever you confuse the scope by using language of which your client has no concept of what it means, then all of a sudden they start to Google what that means and they come up with some crazy definition on their own now, all of a sudden, you have the potential of being hooked on that expectation level long term so I would definitely speak in the language of which your client speaks that will help tremendously in closing deals and setting the proper expectation
0: level so or or they google it and they find somebody else exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so. Like, wait, wait a minute, I googled this and it says it should be free. So uh, can you help me with that? Right? Uh, so, so so you got into this, uh, because you, you know, didn't speak geek, as you said, and you helped your the the company you're working with, kind of get out of a tough bind, kind of help them to 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 make that transition and then start taking on some clients of your own. Uh, and then you specifically kind of started scaling a business around Infusionsoft. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, uh, it was a, a watershed moment. You know, it was in two thousand and eight, late two thousand and eight, and I had made a rookie entrepreneur entrepreneur mistake. And I, you know, and by the way, I'm going to tell you what it is. Don't make it. Uh, make sure you have your lead sources diversified. Okay, it's a it's almost like a duh in hindsight. Um, but I got too many of my leads from one source, and as a result, of the two thousand eight financial situation, they went bankrupt, and uh, and there I was. Right uh, about. I think eight. I can't remember the exact numbers. Eight to ten employees and uh, four hundred thousand in revenue. I think somewhere ballpark. You know, give or give or take. And so uh, I was in a pickle. I was in a I was in a spot. And so I had to figure out aggressively well, what are you going to do. So that's when I leaned into the infusionsoft community. And in two thousand, late two thousand eight, early two thousand nine, we pivoted from being a web shop to a full blown marketing agency. And as a result of that, we leaned into the infusionsoft community, and it just turned out to be a, a wonderful decision. So.
0: Can you expand on what you mean by the lead source diversified? Did you just have like one referral partner that was dripping you business or one market or how did you how did you approach that? Uh, well uh, <laughs>
1: Embarrassingly, I wasn't even sure what the hell a referral partner was at that time. Okay, just to, to be candid. Okay, uh, so what I like a lot of us there are those at the time lead directories, and so they would uh, optimize out these directories, and they would get leads all over the you pretty much United States, and then you would go up there. and You and three other companies would bid for them, and you know, so each company's kind of I think like Upwork has a program like that. I think where you're in there, and you know, they'll sell the leads to three or four different agencies, and then you guys kind of battle it out. And so that's what that was. Is I got. I became complacent um, uh, and got comfortable with uh, just going out and paying for leads when I wanted them. Right? It was it was the easy button, and I, I didn't understand the value of actually building out my own content systems and my lead generation systems and having that that infrastructure in place. Uh, and that was the lesson I learned. Very almost extremely costly. I got lucky and pulled a rabbit out of a hat on that one. But uh, but 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 you know, diversify those lead sources. Don't just get all leads from one source, even if it's super easy to do. Force yourself to go out and get at least three or four or five. Don't ever have any more than I'd say 20 to 30% in one lead source because yeah. if it dries up, you got a problem.
0: Yeah, for sure. Hey, agency owners, are you currently building, managing, or optimizing WordPress websites and struggling to keep up or becoming the bottleneck? I'm excited to announce Unlimited WP, a white label team that can help you do more with less. Whether you're building a WordPress website, doing updates, or maintenance and backups, you can assign all those tasks and more to Unlimited WP so you can free your time, make more money, and focus on what's most important. Get 25% off your first month by using the code DAS2020 at unlimitedwp.com to start today. Now let's get back to our interview. We were, t- we were on a, uh, a program a few days ago with the... Cloudways team, and we were kind of doing a little agency roundtable, and we talked about what was going on today in the digital agency space. We were talking about kind of the impact of COVID, the impact of the pandemic, and the economic challenges that that has created for many, many businesses. And for some people, this has been a The worst thing that's ever happened to them in the history of their business, both in small businesses, but also some agencies out there that are, you know, in those markets or maybe their clients were adversely affected in in lots of different markets out there. Uh, And then there's those that are maybe experiencing some growth. I just got a text message uh, this morning of another agency that said COVID was the best thing that ever happened to our business, which is, you know, which is a strange thing to say. And I think the people have said that to me privately They have not necessarily said that publicly. They're not going out there and advertising to their, you know, their, uh, their aunts and uncles and cousins, like, oh my gosh, business is blowing up, right? I think there's some, uh, people maybe have some, some strange emotions about if, if their business is, is blowing up. Now you mentioned this term, uh, that digital agencies were kind of experiencing uh, a gold rush. There's like a modern day gold rush going on right now. Can you expand on that a little bit? What do you mean by a modern day gold rush?
1: I can, I can. Um, Well, uh, the best example I can give you is actually in the 1849 example of the actual one of the big gold rushes. Uh, You know, the people who got rich out in the, in, in out in San Francisco, it was like Levi's, uh, Levi Strauss and the the guys who made, you know, boots and and pickaxes. And uh, it really wasn't the people who went and mined the gold. And so the similar situation right now is happening in our industry because every government official, every, Every leader in your community, all around the world, has been telling us to go virtual. Right? Uh, there is a huge aspect of all businesses out there, specifically in the small to medium business arena, of the in the bell curve called pragmatic and conservative that just simply refuse to lean into digital. It's not broke, don't fix it. We're going to continue to go to events. Just you know, so keep it, keep keep it the way it is. Well, when you combine. The fact that everybody in the world said go virtual, Zoom, everything digital. And then you combine the fact that they have not been doing digital demand, like lead generation via the digital Google and everything else. Now we got a perfect storm. It is now time to sell those boots and those Levi's uh, and, and just to compare it to. Brings that together, the boots and the Levi's will be landing pages and, and Google ads and you know and things like that, right? And so I'm advising all of my students, and I wrote this article in Forbes, uh, I think it was in June, I can't remember, I think it was June or July, right in the middle of it. That actually, you know, I talked to Clay Mask, he's the, the founder and CEO, and kind of got to know him as I was building my agency, and the sales at, at Infusionsoft started spiking, and I mean big time spiking. Late March, like middle, middle, I'm sorry, middle of uh, May, and it hasn't stopped. It's, it's continued right there at the beginning, middle, middle of the beginning of May, and it hasn't stopped. And I'm seeing the same thing in the agency space. People are coming out of the woodworks. Man, you know, I've totally neglected this. I'm going to need all this. Obviously, there's some industries out there like travel and restaurants and things like that, that. First, I want to send out my prayers to everybody in those, in those industries. It's, oh my gosh, you know, horrible, perfect storm. But first off, all, it will come. coming back. So keep stay strong out there, okay? But everybody else in in the in the more traditional small business kind of niches, they're the majority of them are experiencing a huge influx, and it's just getting started. Literally, just getting started. So,
0: do you think that any of that boom? I mean, whether it's with Infusionsoft or um, these services in general, and I, and I realize that there is a need to pivot for a lot of businesses and they are looking for web. I mean, I think it's indisputable. You look at its sales, uh, e-commerce sales have been, you know, have kind of uh, taken this leap uh, forward, like all the trends kind of leaped forward. And I, and I know a lot of people have been in really, really big demand, but I have to look at it, you know, I mean, this is a macroeconomic situation going on. And I, I usually tell people, Don't look at the macro forces because they probably have very little to do with your actual business and the success that you have. But there was also massive liquidity that was injected into the market. And I'm starting to hear some murmurs. I mean, not a lot, but a couple of clients. And like I said, I've got one client who said to me this morning, you know, best thing that ever happened to us. I've got a lot of clients that are kind of in the middle that are saying, yeah, we're busy, but some people are pulling back. And, and then I have started hearing some people saying, hey, clients are starting to put stuff on pause again as they start to see these numbers go up and thinking government action may, may, be, may be soon to follow. Is there a possibility, though, that the government with the injection of PVP and EIDL created a little bit of this, you know, Gave people kind of permission to spend a lot of money and try to pivot. I mean, do we think this is going to last indefinitely? Well, great question. By the way,
1: um, yes. To answer your question, yes, the liquidity market out there is unbelievable. I've never, I've personally never seen it. And for the record, I am not a financial advisor. You know, I don't, I don't get into all the details on that, but. I've never seen anything like what happened is because see the intent of the CARES Act and PPP and EIDL was to replace total GDP for a period of 90 to 120 days to keep the company, to keep the country afloat. And what actually happened is, is that the GDP didn't go to zero. The GDP remained 50, 55, 60%. So now we have the equivalent best guesses Right around $6 trillion, with a T, okay, with a T, that has been injected into the economy. And rough math estimates here, probably three and a half of that is still out there in the ability for small businesses to go get SBA-approved loans. A lot of my clients and students are just absolutely flush with cash right now. They literally have three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars 400000 $600,000 in the bank you know, or if that's a larger agency, a smaller agency, uh, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 in the bank, because the government was just kind of giving them the cash. So yeah, there's a reason truck and boat and new home sales have skyrocketed (laughs) in the middle of a global pandemic in the United States. It's because the economy did not shut down to zero. And we have this unbelievable influx of liquidity into the market, that truth be told, I don't know what the long-term ramifications of that are going to be. I I don't know if that's going to be a bubble. I don't know what that's going to look like. I do know that in the next foreseeable future in our industry for the next, and when I say foreseeable future, mm, 12, 24, kind of not too far out kind of thing, there's going to be an unbelievable amount of money available to be spent into taking their archaic or non-existent digital infrastructure and getting them up to compete because they now see, man, we're 15 years behind. Yeah. <laughs> and they are, and they are, and they are. And so a, a lot of my students are seeing people coming in and saying, okay, we got to get serious about this. We need a 12-month plan to really take our infrastructure up. I mean, we're talking two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollar engagements. And I'm seeing that all over. I'm seeing it across the board. Again, with the exception of the
0: industries that were hit the hardest. So it, you you just mentioned twelve month plan because I mean when 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 this all broke and businesses were impacted, I felt that there was this desire for quick hit solutions. You know, give me something that's going to give me results in a couple of weeks, et cetera, right? And and I think some businesses were hesitant to be. Planning out 12 months or beyond. It felt like all of a sudden, you know, everybody's 2020 plans got thrown out the window. And then we were creating a plan for March and then April. And, you know, it's like we were strategic planning on much smaller increments. But I don't think that's, I mean, that for a lot of reasons, that's not sustainable. It's like running a a marathon, you know, back to back constantly. And, um, but how do you, how have you been helping people to help their clients start talking about, those longer-term windows again. Because I do think what you're saying is extremely important that we need to be helping our clients make bigger plans. I mean, obviously, with you and I, we're talking about digital agency owners, but with their clients... They need to start thinking about the bigger picture. And the reason they might have gotten into this debacle of not having a digital strategy was because they kept, you know, they they were comfortable. They were complacent. They were, you know, comfortable in in their space and they weren't investing in this. So how have you been helping people to think about those longer-term plans to get clients to take action now versus waiting for some future date where they may or may not take action?
1: Best advice on this one, and it would, this one's tricky because every industry and every county and every city, they're all experiencing this stuff in, in, in their own little microcosms at the same time that the whole world is experiencing it. So meaning that, you know, CPA industries might come back a little bit slower or restaurants are definitely going to be coming back a little bit slower. And, well, I live just north of Atlanta in a place called Gainesville, and the restaurants are wide open here. So they're, they're, they're already back and booming. Now you go down to downtown Atlanta, okay. Or other parts of the United States or world and there, there's a ghost town. You know what I mean? Like there, there's nobody around. So this is very, very, my biggest piece of advice i give here is just use moral compass marketing here. Okay. <laughs> Don't get too aggressive here. Try to feel where your clients are at. Okay. So again, this is a tricky one, but when they do uh, realize that they've got a problem, and they do kind of give that hint and they will, they, they will, they, you'll start to get the phone calls. Hey man, how am not sure? You know, they'll start to ask those kind of discovery type questions, right? The biggest, the, by far the best thing that you can do for an agency out there and for your clients is to have a very involved discovery plan process that you charge for. Okay. You know, typically low end a thousand bucks. One of my students goes all the way up to $25,000. Okay. But that, but that discovery product has got to be a standalone product, meaning that when you sell that thing, that thing comes, it's 15, 20, 30 pages of unbelievably great in detail plan of exactly what they need to do. If you're niched out, the great news is once you create the boilerplate template, 80% of this is going to carry across the board. So this turns into a huge profit center for your agency as well. And it delivers overwhelming val- value and clarity to someone who is really confused right now. And that ultimately is what I feel like is the best thing you can do for your clients out there is to help educate and provide clarity on how to get there. And if you do that, they will probably stick with you. One, they'll they'll, ro- they'll roll that plan into it. I always give, if you pay me $2,000 for the plan and you decide to use me, I'll give you a 100% credit for the price you pay for the plan. So therefore, they're like, oh, it's a natural roll straight into the, into the 12-month agreement, right? Uh, and so... Don't go out there and attempt to start throwing crap at them. Okay, these guys are a little more practical. These, these owners are going to be a little more pragmatic, a little more conservative. They're not going to—they're not going to be the early adopters that we're kind of have been working predominantly with in the past ten, fifteen years. These are going to be a little more conservative. They're going to want the plan. They're going to want to pay for that plan, but they're going to want to go a little bit slower. They're going to have a lot more money to spend, those, so that's good. But be that person. Be that transition person for them. Give them clarity. Give them. Give them. Give them help in getting that plan put together. Hope
0: bullish. So let's say you're an agency owner out there. And, you know, I think like a lot of people, there was this mode of panic. And I think a lot of people that maybe didn't need, you know, PVP or EIDL probably applied for it and got it in the agency space. I mean, there are people that actually needed it and it did help kind of bridge. But then, you know, in like you have, right, you talked to a lot of clients where they're sitting on this kind of uh, cash pile and they're mm-hmm. continuing to be profitable right now which means they're continuing to increase that cash position i mean is there a is there a case for companies to really look at this i mean as like a a once in a lifetime growth opportunity i mean what are some of the things that they might consider doing because i i hear a lot of people that are flush but at the same time they're being very pragmatic and conservative, because the noise out there is like, fear, you know, concern, fear, you know, shutdown, crisis, right? I mean, not even talking about the like the election, the political stuff, but like, <laughs> the, the general, you know, the general, like, vibe is like a lot of fear. And I feel like there is this once in a lifetime opportunity for people. So I don't mean maybe that means scaling up your marketing efforts. I mean, I don't know, is it acquisition growth? Is it uh, you know, what are some of the ideas? I mean, I don't know if you guys are floating any of this with your people. You know what? Uh,
1: i this, it, first off, there, uh, there's a ton of acquisition going on right now. and uh, you've probably seen a few of those, but there's a ton of acquisition going on right now, but not everybody's in the position to go out there and start acquiring uh, agencies. And so the majority of you out there are kind of looking like, how can I leverage this into building a successful, something that I can be proud of going you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And so that's actually what I had been focusing on. I learned this lesson in 2008. Again, uh, not only did I have to diversify my lead sources, I literally gutted my entire company. I got rid of everybody. I told everybody, listen, if you don't like marketing and you're a programmer, you're not going to like working here come January 2019. Now, I'm telling you this 90 days in advance. None of you are fired. I love all of you. Stay with me. I want you to. I'm just giving you an advance notice. So, the reason I bring that up is because during unprecedented times, like we did in 2008, nine, and, and now, successful entrepreneurs have opportunities to get out there and I coined a term it's called reload. Okay. They don't, you know, they, they reload their product lines. And and that is my biggest piece of advice to you. And here's why is if you put together your product line properly, that's going to allow you to go out and one sell quicker and easier, but most importantly, scale the back end faster because everything's standardized. Okay. So when you do that, that allows you to scale at a 10 times easier to do that. Whenever you've got a scalable product line. Now it takes some effort to get that in place. Okay, but if you do that, it's going to allow you to really leverage this opportunity for the next 12 to 24 months and scale faster. If you continue to stay in the jack of all trades or bespoke custom type situation, you'll get into to where one, the proposal is going to take too long to create, as we all hear all the time, right? Still drives me nuts, but it shouldn't, but it does. Um, and then you're going to back yourself into a corner, the inevitable custom, custom. Back into a corner, see, you know, sell it, go do it. Can I get some more help? And now you're, you're caught up in that rat race cycle. And I would very much caution you against that. I would would very much caution you to to develop a product line and help as many people as you can. And therefore allows you to standardize it and scale uh, and, and really capitalize on this opportunity. Now, a lot of you out there, you know, if you're just super high creative, then this won't work. This is not going to work for you. This is for the people who are really being a little more aggressive and want to build out the scalable agency that they're not tethered to constantly. So,
0: Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast. If you're looking for a new CMS that can launch sites in half the time as a typical WordPress build, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more information at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. When you say reload their product line, I, I think that because of, I mean, at least initially with the pandemic and the crisis, I thought that was a really great time to make big changes within your business that might have been hard to sell over to your clients or changing your processes and kind of ways of doing things. And then somebody the other day said to me, well, oh, man, I I missed that opportunity. And I kind of said, well, I don't think so. I mean, I think that 2020, you have, you know, I mean, even in normal times, you can change your business whenever you want. It's your business. I mean, that's, that's, that's the point, right? But when you say reload your product line. Can you give me an example? That means like kind of reset how you're, you know, how and what you're selling, kind of like what you what you did. You went from websites to to marketing focused kind of stuff. Uh is this pivoting your service line? What do you what do you actually mean by reload the product line?
1: Very, very, very r- unbelievably rare opportunities come in entrepreneurship where you actually have downtime to where you can put as so much more effort in working on your, you know, working uh, 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 on your business instead of in your business. Right. And this was one of those. This is one of those. We all had time. We still do. Okay. Even I know the gold rush is coming, but it's your job as the leader to go out there and look at this opportunity, just like I did in 2009 and realize, okay, marketing websites are going to become a commodity. Marketing will never go away. So we had to make that hard, very, very difficult transition. Now, I don't recommend making that wholesale of a change to everyone. That that takes a little, you know, be careful with that one, right? You actually hire hire a coach, hire Brent or me or whoever to get some a little help on that, just as a an experienced mind to help with that. That's, that's, a, that's a big decision. And what I do mean by reload is this: you're already really good at what you do, or whatever that is—landing pages, Google, you know, whatever it is you do out there. Standardize how you deliver that, where you can s- serve. 60, 70, 80% of your existing base and most importantly, everybody that comes on going forward and deliver overwhelming value with a product line. I know it looks like a strange old guy with some Legos in his office, but that actually is that's actually props that are part of my coaching program to where we're doing productization. and If you build it in what's called an object-oriented fashion, okay, what happens is, is you have individual small products that you just bolt together. It's kind of like building, have if, if you ever, if you ever uh, bought a new car,
0: Brent? Um, I have.
1: Okay. So there, there, I'm not kidding you. There's something really cool and magical. The first time you buy a new car and you go into that and you go in there or you do it online on Tesla or whatever, and you build out the, the you know, whatever, uh, sound system, tires, whatever, you know, all the little options, right? When that car is delivered, what do you feel like? I'm, you, I mean, what, Superman? Like, am I? Like, oh my God, this is the coolest car ever. It's, there's not another one in the world like it at all, right? No, that's total the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. There's probably 10,000 of those on the road, but it's not the point. You feel because you put the Legos together and built that car, right? Okay. So if you do that with your product line and there's a, there's a process that we follow. Okay. If you do that with your product line and now what happens is a couple magical things really happen here is one, you get the value stack in service-based products, one of my students just increased his total billable by 40% while doing the exact same service he's been doing for six years, just strictly by the way he put the product line together and structured it. So what I when I say reload, I mean, come back, revisit how you sell your services and how you deliver your services and, and literally reload your product line and your agency to provide overwhelming value at an unbelievably streamlined. Uh, with an unbelievably streamlined delivery process. And it just takes some time, some thought. Yeah. And for the record, this is just getting started. Okay. We were kind of dazed and confused for the first three months of this thing. We were like, who just hit us in the damn mat? You know, Mike Tyson, what is it, you know, everybody's got a plan until you hit them in the mat. All right. Or, or, or yeah. whatever that thing. Then we got hit in the mat. We were like, Whoa, man. Global, what, you know, what the hell is this thing? Right. So we're all kind of still kind of coming out of that fog a little bit. So this, I'm telling you, now is when you do these things. Get out there, get aggressive with this stuff, and reload and 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 get your share of that gold rush.
0: That yeah, for sure. Yeah, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. That's the. Uh, That's exactly right. <laughs> and, and and hopefully we, you know, I I want to encourage people to even. You know, I mean, if I if I was in the in a ring with with Mike Tyson, which and you survived that first punch, I mean, you (laughs) would need to very quickly create a plan, another plan, right? And I think we're kind of in that, you know, middle zone. Hopefully, we aren't uh, punched in the face again. But if you had a plan and you got thrown out the window, that shouldn't discourage you from ever creating a plan again. I think this idea of reloading, standardizing. I love that you pulled the object-oriented language from yeah, probably yeah, being yeah. Uh, those, those web developer days. I, I picked oh, up yeah. on that, um, yeah, and I yeah. love I love Lee. I mean, you're, you're you're bullish on growth. I like the idea of the gold rush. I don't think that, and then we said this on that Cloudways event, I don't think that this diminishes, you know, it wasn't like we look back at the gold rush and it was, you know, all uh, sunshine and daisies, right? I mean, obviously there was a lot of, you know, people were taking big risks, people were getting crushed, oh, yeah. people were, you know, there was a lot of a lot of risk involved in that whole situation. So I think there is, you know, for those listeners out there that don't feel like you're in a gold rush right now, I don't think that's necessarily a negative or a reflection on maybe what you're doing in your business, but maybe you got some takeaways, some actions that you can implement in your business out of today's episode to find that for you and to find that opportunity uh, in the challenge. Lee, this has been awesome, man. Uh, are you ready for our lightning round? Let's do it. I, I almost said, are you ready for a gold round? I just had that. I was... But I was like, no, I mean, that's not I mean,
1: it. I'm imprinting. So anyway. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm 175 <laughs> episodes in and that was the first time I ever almost said something different there. But... Um, uh, all right. what uh, What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Ooh, ooh. Um, this is such an... Oh, so cliche-ish, but it's so true. Trust your instincts. You're good. You know what I mean? Because... I'm going to tell you right now, nobody has your best interest in mind like you do. Your instincts, your gut, it's so unbelievable how accurate it is. It took me forever to to actually trust it. But now that I do, I would never look back and always, 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 always never serve a monetary purpose. It's always got to be
0: for a higher calling, always. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Optimism, amnesia. To two different things or is that just is that like a- <laughs> uh
1: uh I, if i make a mistake i don't dwell on it and i'm always positive and so that's kind of they kind of run hand in hand so if i make a mistake i'll actually look at that as like cool now I will not make that same mistake again and i just roll on a lot of people don't do that they dwell upon oh my god how could i do that me i'm like that was pretty damn dumb dude what's next, right? And here we go. So that is all that served me so unbelievably well, almost a uh towards optimism, right? Uh, to a certain degree. So, uh, but it, it usually turns out to be true because the world is positive as a whole. It, it can be negative, but it, it usually turns out to be true. Uh, the one saying I say is, is that no matter how bad you think it is when you're going through it, the cold hard truth is when you get through it, it was never, not even remotely close to as bad as you thought it was going to be. So-
0: can you share an internet resource tool or app that you use regularly that you think our listeners would find valuable?
1: Loom. I love Loom. Love, 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 love Loom. I'm sure and wh- hopefully, a lot of them are using it. So.
0: Yeah, Loom, or I mean, there's a lot of uh, options uh, yeah, these days. Or, yeah, there's a ton of them out there. So. And what book would you recommend uh, besides your own and why? <laughs> uh, good question.
1: I think the one that's probably had the author that's had the most, the biggest impact on me would be probably Jim Collins going from good to great. But that wasn't the book that really changed my life. It was actually beyond entrepreneurship and he wrote it under the name James Collins. So that's the reason you hardly ever hear about it. Uh, but that book, Beyond Entrepreneurship, was introduced to me actually in elite form at Infusionsoft when Clayton Mask and Scott Martin were still doing it. And that is the book that they attributed putting in their leadership structure. Uh, and I, I patterned my leadership team and my leadership uh, core values, pur- purpose, mission, what's called group leadership, leadership style off of that. And boy, did that ever make a difference. <laughs> I'm like wow, you know, uh, like it went from like, okay, Lee, you're a, you're a typical entrepreneur control freak to like, okay, you're the one, you're the idiot getting in your own way. And it was like a poof, eye-opening experience, right? And I was like, oh damn, I need to get out of my own damn way. And when I did that, it went from like 1 million to like 3 million, like bam, just like that. No, not quite for it, you know, whatever. It, it, it blew up when I got out of my own damn way and that book helped me do it.
0: So. Well, I think that's a, a, a lesson, a message that entrepreneurs Probably can't ever hear enough in terms of (laughs) getting out of our own way or letting go of Uh, the vine. I actually have not heard of that Jim Collins book, Beyond Entrepreneurship. uh, So I'm I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to link that out to our uh, our folks as well as good to great.
1: Yep. I have it somewhere. Somewhere. It's it's okay. We will uh, we'll
0: link out to that. We'll (laughs) find it uh, in our show notes. Check that out listeners at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. So if you're on the road or on a run or like me on your bike, we'll organize all that stuff as well as takeaways around uh, today's episode, uh, Lee's advice, his habits, his tools, uh, as well as those Jim Collins books like Good to Great. One of my initial business books that I ever read was Built to Last. Huge, uh, you know, huge imprint on me, you know, really applied to bigger businesses, but I feel like Jim has done, obviously, an amazing job at bringing value to entrepreneurs all over the world. So excited to, to add that Beyond Entrepreneurship to my reading list. Lee, how can our audience find out more about you? Do you have anything that they can check out?
1: Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I've got a Facebook group, you know, um, Marketing Agency uh, Success GPS Facebook group. And then, of course, my URL is marketingagencycoach.com. Uh, and I'm pretty much everywhere out there. You
0: type in Lee Golf, you'll, you'll find me. That's for sure. So. Awesome. Well, we will make sure to link out to your group. uh, Also, your uh, website, social media profiles, all the links from today's episode will be organized and uh, cataloged for you at our show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you're listening to this week of, you'll see Lee's picture right up there at the top. Click on that guy and you'll get all these great resources for you. Again, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Lee, thank you so much for stopping by the program this week.
1: Brent, thank you so much for what you're doing, man. What you've been doing for agencies for the past eight years is outstanding. And I really appreciate what you do. So. Well,
0: we uh, we we appreciate that as well. So thank you very much. And uh, that is it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook, the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.